Well, today I'm starting a series of four talks that I'm calling Bold. Everybody say bold. bold. That was just kind of mediocre. Now say it boldly. So much better, yes. And uh, like I said earlier, last week I gave you a little bit of a preview by sharing a video uh, from our Global Leadership Summit from two years ago. And, and it was great. Because of copyright problems, we're not able to post that on our podcast. And I apologize for that. But starting today and then the next three Sundays, I'm going to be teaching on this topic of bold. And we're going to be walking through the book of Acts talking about the boldness that we see in the apostles throughout the book of Acts. And so I think we're going to have a lot of fun, and I think we're going to be challenged from the scriptures as we look at all of this stuff. So I want to start by just telling you a story of bold love. And there's nobody more bold that I know of than my wife, Chris, when it comes to, to boldness. Uh, if you've been at Connect for any length of time, you kind of know a little bit about our story. But we dated for a while, and then I broke up with her, and then we dated for a while, and then I broke up with her. And she was very, very patient. But she knew that I was the man that she was going to marry. And uh, now, now she has said for many years that she was just kind of treasuring that in her heart, like the Virgin Mary. Uh, but, uh, but her mother is kind of, those of you that know her mom, you know she's kind of a blabbermouth. And, um, <laughs> sorry, Jude. And, uh, and so she told me, that God told her that I was going to marry her daughter. And as long as I wasn't marrying her daughter, I was out of God's will. And so uh, that was pretty bold, you know. And I didn't want to prove Chris's mother right. So there was no way I was going to marry Chris. But we were spending a lot of time together, even though we were broken up. And I remember this one day, I went by the place where she worked and I was talking with her. And, and we just loved hanging out and spending time together. And and this particular day, she walked me out to my car, and when we got outside, she looked at me and she said, Russ, I just feel compelled to tell you. Now, mind you, we were broken up. She said, I feel compelled to tell you that I love you and I always will. And I, that's bold. Isn't that bold? Yes. And I said to her, Chris, I don't feel the same way, and I don't think I ever will. And earlier, before that, she was reminding me this morning, uh, I wrote her a letter and I said, I don't love you and I will never marry you. And uh, I, I was cutthroat, right? But it's because she was bold. And look it, we've been married 18 years. She was right, right? So there's a lot to be said. There's a lot to be said for being bold. And we're going to talk about all kinds of boldness for the next four weeks. Now, if you're taking notes, if you've got note cards, or if you're following along on your smartphone, let me give you a definition that we're going to use for boldness for the next four weeks. You can write this down. Here's what it is. Boldness is behavior born out of belief. Boldness is behavior born out of belief. Say that with me one time, would you? Behave, boldness. <laughs> Let's try again. Boldness is behavior born out of belief. Now let me tell you a little more spiritual story about boldness. I was trying to think of a time in my life 
When I was really bold, other than the time I married my wife and I had to prove her mother right, right? That was bold. Uh, but let me tell you a little more spiritual experience. Uh, about five years ago, Chris and I quit our jobs. We uprooted ourselves from everything that we knew in central Montana. We moved to Bozeman to plant this church. I think that was one of the boldest things that I have ever done, but it was something that we did because we believed that God had spoken to us and was directing us to start a church from scratch. It was scary, it was difficult, but we believed that we had heard from God. How do we know that we had heard from God? One of the early things that happened is we began, we began reading and hearing about church planting, and it's really a movement that's happening all over the United States, starting churches from scratch. And we became interested in it, and we began praying, God, is this what you have for us? And one of the first things that happened is, is I was reading in my Bible in the book of Joshua. And several times in the book of Joshua, the Lord says to Joshua, be strong and courageous and don't be afraid. And I felt like the Lord was just saying to me, be strong and courageous, be bold. Don't be afraid. Go do what I'm calling you to do. And then Chris and I started noticing that that when, whenever we were reading the Bible, we kept running across that phrase, be strong and courageous. It's in the Psalms. It's in the different prophet books. Be strong and courageous. We kept coming on it over and over and over. We, we would see it or hear it. One time I was sitting in a, in a minister's meeting, all kinds of pastors together, and the guy that was preaching to us used that, that scripture from Joshua chapter one, be strong and courageous. And I just cried like a baby through the whole message because it was like God was confirming this. This is what I'm calling you to do. One time we were in Mexico, deep in the heart of Mexico, and this Mexican lady walked up to us. She had a red shirt on it that said, be strong and courageous, Joshua chapter one, in English. She didn't speak English. She didn't even know what the shirt said. And it just kept coming to us again and again and again till finally we said, yes, God, we're going to do this. And we quit our jobs. We announced we were quitting. We didn't have jobs here. Well, I was going to start a job making myself a job, right? Uh, but, but Chris didn't have a job. We put our house on the market. It didn't sell for nine months. It was scary and risky. We had a mortgage. We had pets. We had all this kind of stuff. But we decided if we believe that God has spoken, we have to behave based upon that belief. Boldness is behavior born out of belief. For the next four weeks, we're going to be walking through the book of Acts, and we're going to see the bold actions, the bold speech, the bold witness of the apostles as they act upon the word of God and everything that he speaks to them. Occasionally, people say to me, in fact, it was just a couple of weeks ago, a member of our prayer team came up and, and, and said to me, Pastor Russ, why don't we see more of the miracles like are described in the book of Acts in America. We hear about them overseas. They seem to be happening in South America or Africa or wherever. We, we hear about them, but why aren't we experiencing them today? And I think the answer probably has something to do with the fact that as Americans, I think we no longer have the bold faith and the bold actions that lead to bold results. And I think it's time for us to change that. If we're the only church in America that starts really believing what God says and acting on that belief, I think we ought to be that kind of a church that sees bold results because we believe what God says. Boldness is behavior 
born out of belief. What does that mean? Well, it means that what you do is based upon what you believe to be true. Here's how it works in the negative. If you believe that everyone is going to criticize you, you're gonna live your life tentatively and fearfully, right? Don't you think that's true? If you believe that you're going to fail, you're never gonna launch out and try something new or take a risk. You're gonna be fearful. If you believe that you will never have enough, you're not gonna give, you're not gonna tithe, you're not going to be generous. When Pastor Russ asks you to give a couple dollars in the offering, you're gonna say, that's my lunch money, I don't have enough. Maybe some of you made that decision today because you believe at the core of your being that you don't have enough. But if you believe that the all-powerful God is calling you, leading you, and empowering you, you will live boldly. I believe that's true. Boldness is behavior born out of belief. Now, let me give you the Bible definition for boldness. We're gonna look at a scripture today that uses the word bold in the New Testament but you may be aware that the New Testament isn't written originally in English. It was written in Greek. And so uh, the word bold is coming up here on the screen. And the Greek word for bold is parhesia. Isn't that a cool word? I'm sure you'll want to remember that forever. Parhesia. But what that means is it's really a cool word. It means outspokenness. It means assurance, courage. A good word that you could write in your notes is confidence. Confidence. Or it means this. I really like this one. It means to act without fear. To act without fear. And friends, I'm praying today that God will make us bold. I'm praying that God will make us bold. Next week, I'm going to be talking about bold prayers. We're going to talk about how we can really step up to the plate and start praying about boldness. I read uh, one, one preacher's comments this week that said he thinks the most common prayer in America is, Lord, thank you for this day. Think about it. The most common prayer is, Lord, thank you for this day. And he was saying, I think this all-powerful God, the God that created the universe, that raised Jesus from the dead, is saying, is that all you got? Really? Thank you for this day. That's all you've got. Or it might be, Lord, we're asking you for your traveling mercies. That's a good Christian phrase, right? We're asking you for traveling mercies. You're praying to the all-powerful God of the universe. Can't we ask him for a little bit more than traveling mercies or just saying thank you? Let's ask boldly. I'm going to be talking about that next week. I kind of got off on, on, on a tangent there. The week after that... The week after that, I'm going to talk about bold speech and then finally bold obedience when I'm going to talk about whether or not we're willing to really live the way Jesus asked us to live. It takes boldness to say no to all of the stuff that the world is trying to impose on us. And I hope that you'll be here for all four of these messages as we talk about all this stuff. So say bold, would you? Bold. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me, would you, to Acts chapter 2, or you can follow along on a smartphone if you have one, or iPad. I see lots of iPads coming to church. I love that. Um, I did not get an iPad for Christmas, by the way, just in case you were wondering. I want to start in Acts chapter 2. I want to start in Acts chapter 2. Last week, the speaker that we listened to 
talked in Acts chapter 1 about how Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will make you witnesses, do you remember, in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And then this extraordinary event happened in Acts chapter 2, in which the Holy Spirit came. I, I referenced it earlier. There was a wind. There were like fire things. It was like they were on fire. And then this very strange phenomenon, all the people in the room began speaking. The Bible uses the word speaking in other tongues. Or in common English, it's they began speaking in other languages. They just began speaking in languages that they had never learned. And it was a powerful thing because they then began to spill out into the streets of Jerusalem. And at that time, Jerusalem was a very cosmopolitan community. There were people there from all parts of the known world. And all of the people in the streets began to hear the disciples preaching the gospel in their own language. It was like the Holy Spirit was confirming what Jesus had said, that the point of the baptism of the Holy Spirit was that people would become missionaries to every culture. And, and the church was intended from the very beginning to be a global church. And I believe that if we are really on mission with Jesus, we will be the people that begin to reach the gospel to people who are even not like us. Not everyone in this room is going to be called to go to Africa or Indonesia. I'm going to have Nikki share in just a few minutes. She's one of our connectors that's heading out to Indonesia. Not all of us will have that opportunity, but we do have the opportunity to share Jesus and be on mission with people who are not like us. Even Bozeman, the Gallatin Valley, is, is a remarkably cosmopolitan area. We've got lots of cultures here. Jesus envisions that his church would be global, would be multicultural, would be full of people who are different from me. You understand what I'm saying? And so this was happening in Acts chapter 2. And, and I'm going to pick up a little later on in Acts chapter 2 because what happened is the disciples are out in the streets. They're preaching. They're speaking the gospel in the language of the people. But the sermon that the apostle Peter preached is recorded for us in Acts chapter 2. And I don't have the time today to read the whole thing to you. You might want to read it later. It's an awesome sermon. And, and what we're going to see is that there were incredible results. But one of the things he said, if you're, if you're there with me, in verse 36, he said, So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. And then it says that Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? You see, the Holy Spirit was ministering powerfully and was confirming that the words of Peter were true. They asked what they should do. And Peter said, you've got to repent of your sins, turn to God, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That's why we have water baptism two, two weeks from now. Be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And then you too, will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we see throughout the book of Acts that again and again and again, there was this outpouring of the Holy Spirit uh, that, that included this evidence of speaking in tongues. It's really cool. It's something that is happening even to this day. Many of you here at Connect have experienced this, ex this thing where the Holy Spirit comes upon you and gives you this miraculous language. It's an awesome thing. 
And, and, and then he goes on and he talks about how they, they come to salvation. And then in verse 41, if you're following along, he's, it says this, those that believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, how many? About 3,000 people. Can you imagine being on mission that was so effective, that was so full of the presence of the Holy Spirit, you were on fire, the world came to watch you burn, and 3,000, where would we park all the cars at Connect Church if even one of you burned that hotly? That's what it means to be working and ministering on mission under the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what Peter was. Do you remember who Peter was? Peter was a wimp earlier in his life, right? We've got the words bold up here on the walls. That word early in Peter's life wouldn't really, wouldn't really describe him other than the way he talked. He was always talking big, but he had no bold actions. Remember the story when, when Jesus was walking on the water and Peter said, Lord, I want to walk on the water too, right? And, and what happened? He stepped out of the boat and the Bible says that he, he, he was filled with fear and he immediately began to sink. He had bold words, but he didn't have bold actions. When Jesus was about to be crucified, he said, Jesus, even if they kill you, I will go to the death with you. I will never betray you. I will never dishonor you. I will die with you. And within a matter of hours, he denied that he was a follower of Jesus three times. One of the times was to a grade school aged girl. Peter was a wimp. But once he experienced the power of the Holy Spirit in his life, his bold actions mirrored his bold speech. And he became, became one of the most effective preachers of the gospel that ever lived. 3,000 people added to the church that day. Now, if you're with me in your Bible, flip over to Acts chapter 4, would you? There's another story in Acts chapter 4. Uh, the, the, the disciples, specifically Peter and John, have healed a crippled man, and they've gotten everybody in the town all worked up because uh, they, were, they were ministering in the name of Jesus. And of course, the religious leaders of that day didn't like Jesus one little bit. And so they called Peter and John to appear before their council, and they were asking them, what's going on? And, and if you're with me in Acts chapter 4, starting at verse 8, it says this, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to these people, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Now watch this. This is really cool. Verse 10, he says, let me clearly state to all of you and all the people of Israel that he was, he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Now, I cannot possibly overstate how bold that statement was. Here's all of these religious leaders who had been responsible for the crucifixion of Jesus, and the disciples are saying to them, you crucified this man, God raised him from the dead, and now he is doing miracles through us. Through the name of Jesus, these, these miracles are happening. And, and, and these guys got all worked up. They were mad. And, and here's what I see here. The name of Jesus was controversial then. It's still controversial today, is it not? 
have you noticed that it's okay to be just about any religion in America, but if you pray in the name of Jesus Christ, somehow we're violating somebody's sensibilities, right? Why? Because the name of Jesus has always been controversial. Nothing has changed. We may feel like things have shifted in our country, and they really have, but really, we're just back to to square one. The name of Jesus has always been controversial. In fact, I was reading the paper this week and and, uh, read a letter to the editor. Somebody was complaining because the president of MSU had referred to the big lit up tree on campus as a festive tree. She didn't call it a Christmas tree. It was a festive tree. And, and we're still arguing about whether or not we can proclaim the name of Jesus. But these guys were on mission. They were on trial and they weren't afraid to say what the truth was. That's what it means to be bold. Let me keep reading. Verse 13. And we're going to camp out here at verse 13 for a while. So keep your thumb in your Bible if you've got your Bibles there. Verse 13 says, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. And they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. I want to give you three bold facts. If you're taking notes today, you can write these three things down. Three things that I see in this one verse that every one of us need to know. Number one is this. God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. Verse 13 says, The rulers and the leaders could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. Now, there's no place in your notes for you to write this down, but let me give you the Greek word for the word ordinary, okay? The Greek word for the word ordinary is the word idiotas. I'm not making this up. It's really true. The Greek word is idiotas. And idiotas means unlearned, unschooled, ordinary, the way it's translated here, or it can mean idiot, right, idiotas. They're saying they could see that these men were idiotas, right? They could see that there was nothing special about these guys, but they had extraordinary boldness, okay? Idiotas. This week, I went to have lunch with my wife. I think it was Thursday that I popped up to the hospital, and and I do this once or twice a week. We have lunch in the cafeteria there at the hospital, and uh, on this particular day, there was a, there was a bar, a, a baked potato bar, and I thought it looked really good, so I got my potato skins and a little bit of cheese and sour cream and some onions, and it was looking really good. And then way in the back, there were these little patties of butter. And so I went to reach for the butter. Wait, I don't know why it was clear in the back. Don't you want butter on your potato skins? I mean, <laughs> butter is love. That's what my mom says. And... Um, <clears throat> I'm reaching for the butter, and I completely forgot that there's that, that uh, sneeze screen, and so I just smashed my face as I'm reaching for the butter. And I, it kind of stunned me, so I'm walking over to my wife, and I said, Chris, I just hit my face on the, on, on the salad bar, and she says, you've got sour cream on your glasses. How did that happen? And so she wiped the sour cream off, and And I hit so hard, I gouged my brand new glasses. Both lenses are gouged from hitting that thing. 
And I, I said, Chris, look at their just, they're gouged. And she said, are you kidding me? I was that enthusiastic over a couple of pats of butter. Now, if we were in the South, okay, anybody from the deep South, you, you know what a nice Southern lady would say. She would say, oh, bless your heart. What does that mean? She's saying, you're an idiot. Oh, bless your heart. You know how that, did you see what Carol was wearing this morning? Bless her heart. It was that same kind of thing. Chris says, are you kidding me? Idiotas, idiotas. But listen, God takes idiotas and he makes us extraordinary when we're full of the Holy Spirit. That's what he does. And, and I don't care what part of your life it is. You don't have to compromise, whether it's the way you talk, whether it's the way you dress, whether it's the way you conduct your business, whether it's just sharing Christ, being on mission, whatever it is. If you are an idiotess like me, you can be bold and you can be effective in being who God has called you to be. God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. Here's the second thing. Second thing is this. Your boldness will amaze the world. Your boldness will amaze the world. Verse 13 says, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. In your notes, I've given you a little continuum, one through 10, and I want to ask you the question this morning, how amazed are people by your boldness? And and I'd like you to just take a moment. Nobody's going to look, okay? You can shield your paper if you need to, cover it up with something else, whatever. But would you just circle one of those numbers and be honest with yourself? How, How amazed are people by your boldness? I'm not asking you how bold you feel. I'm asking, are people really amazed by your boldness? And if you're a nine or a 10, then I want to say, go, you, you stay on mission. You stay working and living and operating under the power of the Holy Spirit. But if you're down there in a two or a three, and you're not really too sure, then maybe it's time for you to bump it up and, and, and figure out how to gain some more of this Holy Spirit inspired boldness in your life. Even if you're an idiotist, God wants you to be bold and you can amaze the world. I've been so inspired by a, a young woman who's a part of our Connect Church staff, Nikki Stubbs. And, and actually, she's become like a daughter to me and Chris. We just really, really love her. And uh, about a year and a half ago, she left for YWAM, which stands for Youth with a Mission. And she spent several months in Hawaii in a, in a training camp. It wasn't as glamorous as it sounds. It was hard living. Uh, in Hawaii, and then she ended up spending the bulk of her time in Bali, Indonesia, and she has been invited to come back and be a staff member with Youth with a Mission in Bali, and she has made, she's made a three-year commitment. Nikki, you are 20, are you 20? 20 years old, and this girl is on mission. This is This is a woman who amazes the world. She tells the stories all the time. Uh, She just got back from a conference in Kansas City and and she was making friends and people were pledging money to help her in her mission. They're saying, I want to come and see you in Indonesia. Complete strangers. They're amazed by this young woman's boldness. And and I just want you to hear a little bit about what's happening. Uh, She just has one more Sunday with us and then she's leaving for three years in in Bali. So uh, tell us a little bit, Nikki, about what's coming up for you.
you see why people are amazed by her? That's amazing, isn't it? You know what I was when I was 20? Idiotas. Okay, here's number three. Let's wrap this up. Number three is this. Spiritual boldness coming, comes from knowing Christ. You want to be bold? You want to shake off the idiotas? Become extraordinary instead of being ordinary? It comes from knowing Christ. Uh, I put a little chart in your notes, and, uh, and, and, and I'll help you fill this in. Uh, this kind of gives you a picture of how this happens in your life, and it starts with this. Number one on your chart is this. You start with time with Jesus. If you want to develop, if you want to develop boldness, if you want to be all that God has created you to be, it starts with time with Jesus. And when you spend time with Jesus in prayer and Bible study and getting to know who he really is, then it leads to faith, okay? And faith is just simply believing that Jesus is who he says he is, that he will do what he says he will do. It, 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 it builds up your faith when you get to know Jesus. And then faith leads to boldness, which is behavior born out of belief. And then boldness leads to spiritual results, all right? Time with Jesus leads to faith. Faith leads to boldness. Boldness leads to spiritual results. And then this is the cool part. When you see spiritual results in your life, it drives you to spend more time with Jesus. And so it becomes a cycle that, that leads almost like a cyclone. And all of a sudden you find that you are transforming because uh, you are spending more time with Jesus and you're developing more faith and you're behaving boldly out of that faith. And there's more and more results. Now, this is what else is true. The converse is true. When you don't spend time with Jesus when you just let those spiritual disciplines in your life slack off, then you don't have as much faith. You're not bold. You don't see spiritual results. And then you're less and less inclined to spend time with Jesus. And so if you're at a place in your life today where you would say, quite honestly, Pastor Russ, I'm not praying. I'm not reading the Bible. It's a struggle to even come to church. I, I want to say to you, you can be transformed if you will take step number one and let this cycle work itself out in your life. It's a powerful thing, but spiritual boldness comes from knowing Jesus. That's the starting point. I want to finish the story that we started in Acts chapter four and just read the last few verses. Verse 18, 19, and 20 it says that these Spiritual leaders called the apostles back in and commanded them to never again speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. And they went on to change the world. How bold do you want to be? It starts with some simple steps of saying, I'm going to connect with Jesus and I'm going to let him turn me from idiotus to extraordinary. Extraordinary. Would you stand with me everywhere, all across the room? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?
And this morning, if you are just sensing a stirring in your heart that, that seems to be saying, I want to change. I'm tired of being ordinary. I'm tired of living like an idiot. Maybe like Nikki, you would say, you've been living the party life. But it's time for you to bump it up. It's time for you to say yes to the call of Jesus. It's time for the power of the Holy Spirit to begin to change you. Maybe that's God calling. (laughs) If you have that stirring in your heart and you're ready to say yes to Jesus, would you just do this with me? And, And I'm doing this for me as well. Would you just, would you raise your hands in a, in a gesture of receiving this morning, whatever that looks like for you. If, if something is stirring in you and you know Jesus is calling you to change, would you just reach out to him in a gesture of receiving? And I want to pray for all of us, myself included. Jesus, there's days in my life, there were days this week that I would just say I was... I was not extraordinary. I wasn't bold. I wasn't full of the Holy Spirit. I wasn't as connected to Jesus as I wish I was. And Lord, I am reaching out to you physically with my hands raised, saying, Lord, I want to know you more. And I want you to transform me. And Jesus, for all of us that have our hands raised in this room, we just want to say, will you come with the power of the Holy Spirit? Will you come and begin to light fire to our lives? Will you come and baptize us, Lord, with extraordinary things, new languages, new tongues, new prayers, Lord, with a, with a focus that's global instead of myopic and focused on me, narcissistic. Lord, all of those things that are so easy for me to get lost in, Lord, I ask you to transform me as the Holy Spirit just burns all of that stuff away. Will you baptize us with the Spirit, and will you bring us, Lord, to know Jesus more and more? Will you take us to those places of deep prayer and revelation from Bible study of knowing Jesus exactly who you are that then leads to faith and leads to boldness and leads to spiritual results where we see things happening, miracles and, and changed behavior and, and faith and, and all kinds of things. Just changes Jesus, we pray. By the power of your great name. By the power of your great name, Jesus. Could everyone together say amen? Amen. 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 Amen.